What's up guys, Combat Addict here. Welcome to another edition of My Mouth Does the Talking, the regular podcast where we talk about whatever I want to talk about. We don't have all that much going on this week, uh, and we didn't have a show last week either, so I'm sorry guys if I'm slacking on the uh, the podcast here. This is actually the original. This is the, the reason that we started the, the whole YouTube channel in the first place, was just to journal things that we were thinking about uh throughout the week so that was that was the the main the main idea was my mouth does the talking it just speak off cuff and whatever came to mind came to mind and that's what we would that's what we would roll with so um apologize for not having done this last week but I was not feeling it. I'm, I'm I'm not feeling motivated at all lately to do much of anything, which is frustrating, uh, especially because it's not like I don't have things to do. It's like I just don't, I just don't want to do them. And that has got to be one of the more frustrating things um, to have to come to terms with. Um... I mean, I have my, my guitar right over there. I'm looking at it right now. That's something that I can play and and have fun with. But for some reason, I just, I just can't get up and go over and play it, you know? I've got books that I could read that I've bought, I bought, I paid for. I paid for the books. There's no reason not to read them, but I just can't focus or concentrate on the books for whatever crazy reason, I've got a podcast that I could do, but I, I'm, 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 I'm like putting it off now and, and not doing it, not doing it when I, when I, when I, when I can do it. It's just, uh, it's very confusing and it's, it's, I don't know what's going on. I just know that it's hard to, to get myself motivated to do the stuff that's good for me to do. And it's frustrating. Um, but we're here, we're here and we're doing this right now. So thank you for tuning in and, uh, consistency is key. So I always try to do one of these, one of these every week. Anyways, man, I think it has something to do with the pandemic and my inability to train. Um, training was a big, big deal for me. Training was a a huge part of my life. There was a period of my life, those of you who have listened to this podcast will know that about a year ago, I was I was going through a very intense phase where I was training five days a week for two hours a day. Like I was going hard, all with the intention of fighting in a in a, an MMA, an MMA bout, like that was what I wanted to do, you know, and it's still something that I would be interested in doing if, if not for the fact that the risks are so high. Um, but I was in love with the gym and in love with the people at the gym. And I spent all of my time there getting to know the craft of martial arts and and the people who t- who taught that craft and they were very cool people 
They were very down to earth, kind individuals who were just genuinely good. And there's, I don't know, man, there's something about martial artists. They're all just something about a good martial arts teacher that soothes your soul, man. You just feel right when you're around them, you know, when they talk to you. Um, I've had many martial arts teachers who were good like that, who, who made me feel like I wanted to learn from them. The last jujitsu coach I had though, that was like my favorite, my favorite jujitsu coach for sure was, uh, was him. His name was Paul. And he's the kind of guy that you want to get like your next belt from, you know what I mean? Like that's the kind of the kind of guy Paul is like you like you 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 rend, you end up becoming black belts or blue belts or whatever belt under somebody you kind of wanted to get yours from Paul you know what I mean that's how I felt about it and um I lost something pretty pretty valuable in 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 having to leave that gym and stop training you know, in the midst of a pandemic and, and not being able to train, that was something that was a, a source of light in my life that is gone now, you know, and I don't know if maybe that's what the problem is, but I guess you got to keep your eye out for those, those little things that give you that joy you know training is something that I always did because you know a I liked to train but B it was always a necessity for me you know just having my my mental game on lock was much easier or made much easier with the addition of training whether that be weight training or just going for runs or doing martial arts and martial arts was and is the most effective way for me to get all that on lock uh, and so to not be able to train now because of a pandemic it sort of started to get me thinking about the punishment of solitary confinement. We're not really thinking, but just like in passing, I thought about solitary confinement. And I guess I want to flesh that thought out right now in front of this camera, which is what we do here. We take little ideas that I have and we just expand on them. And, um, I think that solitary confinement is the kind of punishment that once you experience, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. But for that same reason, it's a good punishment. Like, you could never subject somebody to solitary confinement if you had gone through solitary confinement. But that's exactly why you would want to use it on like the worst of the worst, right? Which is something I've always found so interesting about punishment. 
like uh, you could be punishing the worst, most heinous serial killer, rapist, whatever they are, you know, pedophile, who knows what, whatever it is that they did, right? They're some crook from Wall Street who defrauded millions of people and ruined countless lives or something like that. And in the moment, you're like, yeah, give him the, the harshest sentence. Give him, give him solitary confinement and never give him the opportunity to come back out of solitary confinement. Keep him there for the rest of his life, you know. Keep him there for the rest of his life, and uh, that should serve him right. And you'll say that, like, no hesitation. No hesitation you would say something like that. And I'm not saying that you're wrong for saying something like that, but it's just true, and I'm sure you can agree that there are a lot of people who would say something like that about an individual like that, right? But you don't really mean it. And the reason I think you don't really mean it is because there are those punishments that are so awful that you would not wish them on somebody else. And I think that solitary confinement is one of them. I think that it's the most inhumane, humane form of punishment that we have. And people don't realize or didn't realize how seriously detrimental it is to an intelligent human being until until now until COVID hit and everybody had to stay inside and nobody could go out and do anything I have the feeling or I have a feeling that there are a lot of people out there who believe that they would be okay with putting somebody in solitary confinement for their entire life but in actuality if they experienced it for themselves would think differently Now, unless you're the kind of person who thinks that like, well, you know what, if you were some sort of serial killer, I don't care how much it hurts. There is no punishment that is painful enough for you. And even if I wouldn't want to deal with solitary confinement myself, I think you would, would be, you know, a perfect candidate for it, Mr. Serial Killer. Once again, I would just ask that that person go through self-isolation for a prolonged period of time and then, and then once again, evaluate that belief. I really don't know if solitary confinement is something that we should allow anymore. I don't know. Because at the same, on one hand, I would like to punish those who have done awful things. But on the other hand, I don't really support torture with no, because people have made arguments for torture in some instances. People have made arguments for torture, which we can talk about that a little bit later, but I'll say this and you're going to think it sounds crazy because it, it leaves room for torture, but there's no, there's no purpose or meaning to the torture that is taking place when you put someone in solitary confinement other than this is punishment. But if that's the kind of thing you're going to do to somebody, then you should be able to torture them pretty much any way that you'd like. Just because 
this form of torture that you're using is, you know, devoid of any blood or, or physical injury itself, that doesn't make it any less torture, right? If you put somebody in a dark room for two years, I mean, ask yourself what <laughs> what would have been worse, you know what I mean? Physically torturing them for a, a short period of time or putting them in a dark room for two years. And if you don't agree with the torture of, you know, torture on a physical plane, why would you agree with it on some sort of psychological plane, right? Torture is torture. It's just suffering for the sake of suffering. Like you're just making someone suffer. Period. That's it. That's all it's for. And I don't know how I feel about that. I like I. I there's a part of me that thinks that people are put in jail less as a punishment for them and more as a as a uh, a protect is it a protectorate is that the right word as a protectorate for the people like this idea of of the prison system as a punitive entity that is supposed to be exacting vengeance to me is sort of misplaced. Like if you catch somebody who's done something awful and you put them in jail, it's like, are you doing that because you want them to, to feel bad or are you doing that because you, you have to put them in jail? You know what I mean? You have to, there needs to be consequences for these actions and for everyone else's safety, you've got to put this person away. Because I've already talked about how technically, if you had the same brain as a serial killer, you would probably kill people. But if that's true, then you can't really blame someone for being born with a brain that would allow them to do something like that. And if you want to say that it isn't their brain, it's their experiences, then you would have to say, well, it also isn't their fault that they've had the experiences that they've had, especially in their early stages of life. Which would mean that you really can't pin blame on anybody for anything in the sense that it's like, screw you, I'm punishing you. It's like, you couldn't really do that. Like you, you could only punish people, quote unquote, for the protection of everybody else, but not for the discipline of this individual, because this individual didn't choose to be messed up and therefore commit these terrible, terrible, you know, acts. They are just messed up and because they are just messed up, they also commit terrible acts. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't punish them in the hopes to reform and change the individual, because of course, that's like what we would want to do. We would want to give them experiences that counter that counterbalance the, the bad ones that they've had that made them do bad things, whether it's, you know, the most extreme 
egregious crimes or whether it's like smaller, pettier crimes. The point is we would want to reform them. But I guess the question sort of becomes like, okay, well, at what point does reform become punishment? You know, at what point are we just trying to make someone suffer? And that's why solitary confinement just, just weirds me out. Solitary confinement, I think, for people who can't be around other individuals, for example, like who, if you put them around other individuals, the other individuals are at risk, you've got no choice but to put them into solitary confinement and, and essentially torture them because they are a danger to everybody else around them. But if it was just like, I think we should put this guy in solitary confinement because he's a bad human being. <sighs> now you're just torturing somebody for the sake of torturing them. Like you're just angry for whatever they did and you want them to be in as much pain as they can possibly be in so that you can feel better. And I don't know, it's probably because I haven't, you know, I don't have anybody who I want tortured why I'm saying this. But I just feel like in my in my soul, like in my heart, like it man, it, it it's almost like it doesn't matter what somebody does. You you couldn't justify torture for no reason other than it will make me feel better. Like I I just feel like it almost doesn't matter what somebody does. The most you can do for to them if they aren't a danger to the general populace is, is take them out of the public populace, which is sort of sad in the sense that it's like somebody could do something horrible and still live in general populace and, and pretty much enjoy a regular life just as an inmate. But that's sort of the situation that, that I think exists. I don't think you could, I don't know how you justify, I don't know how you justify just like psychological, like endless psychological torture for anything else other than this person is a danger to other individuals. And then how do you punish, and I mean, like, like, how do you, and is it, like, I don't know, I guess I keep thinking about the idea that, if the system isn't about punishment, right, that's, that's what I just said makes some sort of sense, but if the system is about punishment, and it is about making these people suffer for what they've done, I mean, that's like a whole line of thinking as well. Maybe that's your opinion. Maybe, maybe they are supposed to suffer 
how do you do that? How do you do that in a in a way that you know what I mean? Like there are people who say that the death penalty is wrong. You know, that that we shouldn't exact vengeance on 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 uh inmates the way that they might have exacted some sort of unjustified violence on somebody else. But if that's true, then how can we make them suffer in the same way that they may have made somebody else suffer? I mean, the most you can do is take away their freedom. If you, like, if you're trying to punish them, the most you could do is take away their freedom. You couldn't do... Or subject them to some sort of, like, terrible, like, labor that they don't like. Or that nobody likes, that nobody wants to do. Or give them some sort of role in the community that needs to be filled. That only they can fill because no one else is willing to do it. But you couldn't, like, if you if your goal is to punish them, there isn't much more you can do, in my personal opinion, that would be justified. Or that wouldn't require you to stoop down to a level that is reminiscent of that of a sadistic individual, criminal. Like, oh, well, I'm just doing this so that they are, you know tortured physically or mentally or some other way. It would have to, like, their punishment couldn't be one that is destructive. It would have to be constructive. It would have to be like, you have to do this because this benefits other people in this way. It couldn't be, you have to go through this because we passively get satisfaction out of your suffering. The only way you could justify it is if you wanted to argue that the satisfaction that we get out of their suffering is is acceptable because they forfeited their right not to suffer when they did something horrible. When they committed their crime, they forfeited their right not to suffer. Therefore, it is it was okay for us to enjoy their suffering. But even that sounds weird. I mean, like, even if that's your argument, can you not, I mean, you gotta be able to acknowledge that that doesn't sound right. That that sounds, that just sounds wrong. I don't know how, um, how that could be it. But I just thought about it today or, or the other day and I was just like, you know what? Maybe this this prison system isn't really punitive at all. Maybe it's <laughs> or isn't supposed to be punitive at all. Maybe it's just supposed to be consequential. Like there are just consequences for actions. There must be for society to continue going on. And if you are put in jail 
It's because you're a danger to everybody else and not because we want to hurt you. You know? Anyways, man, speaking of criminals and criminalizing things, apparently in Vancouver, BC, I believe, they're trying to decriminalize drugs. And I'm thinking they're decriminalizing like opiates. They're decriminalizing, I believe it would be like stuff like heroin, I'm pretty sure. Now they say that they're doing this because what they what they have on their hands is an overdose a day. An overdose a day is what they have over there. It's a serious problem. People are dying and, oh, sorry, not just an overdose a day, because people overdose and then they don't die. An overdose and a death a day is what they have in Vancouver, British Columbia. So, we aren't even accounting for the actual overdoses. We're just talking about the people who die from them. Serious problem. They're saying that they're decriminalizing everything because there's a stigma with respect to drugs, injectable drugs, uh, and other hard drugs that makes it so that people who need help won't come out and get the help that they need share with their family members and their friends because they fear what the social repercussions would be i guess is a way to put it so this this idea that they're proposing decriminalizing doesn't stop seizure, they can still take drugs from people, but it would stop the criminalization of it so people aren't gonna get arrested, there isn't gonna be that criminal stigma behind it, and therefore, people are gonna be more open about their use, and perhaps they won't use alone and die of an overdose. Now, I actually don't think that there's anything really wrong with this idea, I think that you could criminalize possession with the intent to sell. So I think that you could criminalize, you know what I mean? If they have like, like if you're a user, for example, you're only going to have so much on you. But if you're a dealer, for example, you're going to have a lot more. So I don't know how many, how many grams of, of, heroin or whatever somebody would need to have on them with to have the intent to sell but i think that you could criminalize the intent to sell and decriminalize possession and that would be a good idea i think because i think and this is just my opinion that addiction is a lot like being a criminal sometimes after a certain point addiction is not a choice okay in the beginning stages, addiction is a choice in the sense that if you don't control yourself when you can control yourself, the drug will take your control from you, right? But we're not in that stage anymore. 
drug addicts aren't at the stage where they've done this drug one time before and can say, you know what, I feel like I don't want to do this today. They're at the stage where the drug tells them to do it every single day. And if they don't do it, they just get sick. And I mean really sick. I don't know if you guys know about the withdrawals of heroin or drugs like it, even Oxycontin. But their, their whole body shuts down. They're throwing up. I've seen depictions where people are shaking, sweating. It's not a good time. And if people could get off of it, they would. I mean, why do you think that cigarette smokers, and it's so interesting, every time you meet somebody who smokes cigarettes, every time you meet somebody who smokes cigarettes, if you talk about smoking cigarettes, immediately they go, don't do it. Don't do it. Even the cigarette smoker doesn't want to smoke cigarettes. But at that point, it's too late. So I'm not going to put you in jail or give you a criminal record for something that at that moment you have no control over. You literally have no control over it. I can't put you in jail for being a drug addict. I can put you in jail for selling drugs to other people and making them drug addicts. I think that needs to continue, but I, 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 uh, I can't hold you accountable for something that you can't be accountable for. So I think it's a good idea. Um, but more than that, I think that, and this is a crazy idea, but I'm so serious. I think that we need to to legalize many more drugs and regulate them and make it very hard to get certain kinds of drugs but actually that would defeat the purpose so never mind um we need We need to legalize certain drugs because if we don't, criminal organizations are going to continue to thrive. That's what I think. I think that the idea that having these drugs made illegal makes the presence of these drugs any less prevalent, I think is ridiculous. I think there's an underground economy of these drugs that exist, cocaine, heroin, whatever you want to call it. Molly, etc. There's an underground economy. It's worth billions of dollars. And it is making drug cartels so powerful that they can assassinate political leaders. And that's just the truth. Like, the truth of the matter is, they love it that it's illegal over here. Those cartels, those criminal organizations are having a field day with how illegal it is. And um, 
it sounds crazy, man, but I really feel like if you want to get get the cartels, if you want to get the criminal organizations selling these drugs, you can't just go after their heads and put them in jail. That doesn't make any sense. Where there is going to be demand, there's going to be some sort of some sort of supplier. You're never going to get rid of cartels as long as the stuff is illegal over here. That's just the truth. Like I don't know how you expect to stop cartels at this point by doing something similar to that of 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 uh of police raid. That's not going to work. We got to legalize stuff like and this is just this is just me trying to think of a different approach. We got to legalize stuff like cocaine and heroin if we want to actually hit the bottom dollar of cartels. Because they're making more than enough money and they will continue to make that money. People are addicted and once they're addicted, that's a customer that is never going anywhere. That is a customer that will give you their home in order to get another hit. So I think that the way to, to the way to fix this is to legalize or maybe not legalize, but make enough safe injection sites where we are the suppliers of this drug that they no longer buy it from cartels. If your goal is to get rid of illegal drug activity and cartels, and I think cartels are a huge problem. <laughs> I think they're a huge problem and I think that they're going to continue to get stronger and stronger and eventually, eventually, I mean, if, if the things keep going the way that they're going, they're going to take over huge swaths of South America and control them essentially, control the countries completely. And once that happens, I mean, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you fix a narco state. But I think that that is actually a serious problem that nobody is paying attention to. And I don't know why. I don't understand why nobody seems to care about it. But I think decriminalizing is a good idea. We'll end with something a bit lighter. I enjoy video games. Um, I do. I, I, I enjoy Battlefield. I like Uncharted 4. It's the only Uncharted I've played. Please don't crucify me in the comments for that. I enjoy The Last of Us. These are the kinds of games that I like. I have brothers who are deeply into video games. I mean deeply. I mean they they play Bloodborne and 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 Dark Souls and strategy games, military strategy games that that you have to do math in like you gotta 
you got to be smart to play the games that these guys play. And they are just so hard that you realize that gaming truly is a hobby. It's truly something that you have to work at. They play fighting games that are that require you to practice. Like you have to practice the game, which is so crazy to me because when I play video games, I'm not trying to think, I'm not trying to like put effort into it. I'm just I'm just doing, you know. But that's that's how they are and that is strange to me it's strange to me that it's strange to me that somebody would continue to play video games that infuriate them in the attempt or in the hope that they would beat them one day but they do it and multiple people do it If a game is too hard for me, then I just put it down. <clears throat> I just put it down. It's not worth it for me. But the reason I do that is because I'm trying to have a good time. I realize now that my brothers or people who play these games, they're trying to accomplish something. They're trying to conquer the game. And I guess that's why you say, I beat the game. You know? I don't have the patience for that. I don't have the patience for that and it makes me feel kind of bad because I want to be able to relate to my brothers, but it requires me to do something I don't really want to do. But then again, maybe if I don't really want to do it, I shouldn't do it. Then again, I don't really want to do anything. I've gone back to the stage in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm basically doing 15 minutes of something productive every day just so that I can get something productive done in my mind, you know? But it's interesting to me that even then, even now that I don't want to do anything, I don't want to play video games like that. <laughs> I still don't want to do that. It's just too hard. It takes too much time. And it's not fun after a point. Like, after a point when you have to practice something like that, you're not having fun anymore. And that defeats the purpose of the game. It'd be different if I was having fun. It'd be different if it was hard, but I was enjoying myself. I'm not. I'm not. I'm tired of it. But yeah, man.
Anyways, guys, sorry the podcast wasn't an hour long, but we banged out 40 minutes. Honestly, this is about as much as I could do. I'm really... I'm spent, man. I don't know what's going on with me, but I, I... I really am uh, just not in a good place right now. And I don't know what to do to fix it. I don't know what's going on. It's really strange. Just not caring about anything. I feel fine. I just, I just don't care, man. Like I could just, I could just just sit here all day just do nothing but that's not fair to y'all so or to my future self so I'm doing the podcast anyways thank you for listening combat addict out